millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, a movie. Let's start already. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing is, we got one problem. We don't have any water. How about pissing in it? <laughs> That's a good idea. Get up here. How do Come you, on, get how up do you here. Go to work? How old are you, kid? Fifteen. And the name's Danny, not not kid. Well, when you uh grow up, you'll know these things, Danny. Now get up here and piss in the radiator. Such a goddamn jock. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. everyone welcome back to film sack this is film sack episode 427 mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind i'm scott johnson joining me today brian never fight over a fire dunaway you gotta fight over the fire how are you gonna roast your nuts oh hi <laughs> listen up my young parachuting comrades we'll be dropping you off in colorado onto a mostly unoccupied field worst case scenario the wind blows you to the parking lot of the local school where we are told that we could encounter some very light resistance that does happen please not shoot kids in the face who are simply looking out the windows of the schoolhouse remember we're the good guys any questions yes ivan what do we do if some of the jocks escape in a truck and head to the hills and create a troop of guerrilla fighters that force our hand to kill the locals at retribution as a result create a vicious cycle of revenge that never ends okay ivan. okay ivan that is some serious foreshadowing just remember we're the good guys here yes ernesto you have a follow-up Will we meet any young American ladies that we can rape and pillage? Would someone please push Ernesto at the plane? Thank you. <laughs> but to answer his question, just remember, we are the good guys here. So if you do rape and pillage, be sure to wear a condom. Okay. You know what? You know what? I think we may be the bad guys. So just forget all that stuff I said earlier. Well, let's just go be bad guys. My favorite part of that was that really long, complicated thing you said very fast, and then you said yeah. even instead of Ivan at the end. It was the yeah, only yeah, part yeah, yeah. That was really great. Oh, dang it. Uh, also, that condom bit. Woo, keep those emails flowing, yeah. everybody. All right. Hey, it's P- is this PG-13 movie, the first one? Yeah, it exactly. had to have some PG-13 sure, material. Sure, sure. That's a good point. 
Yes. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Also, Randy, drink this blood and you will be a dear man, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. Did I ever tell you boys about the time I ran the number one chain of invasion preparation stores in the western states? Nope. We put them out on country roads completely by themselves, and we <laughs> called them gasoline. And we had a slogan. I'm sure y'all remember. Come on down and prep for World War III. And when you see our prices, remember freedom isn't free. It's a great business, right up until the actual invasion and the breakdown of rights and social norms, as long as you follow my three prepper rules. Number one, don't stock items that people actually buy. You know, like first aid supplies, army rations, oh, military camping equipment. Remember, you're a gas station, and people want to come into your shop and see several hundred cans of cream of mushroom soup and big boxes overstuffed with arrows. <laughs> Number two, when you're packing up a truck with supplies, make sure the truck is completely ludicrously stuffed full. That maximizes profit for you and entertainment for others who see it go off-road later. Number three. Don't actually go with them kids yourself. Yes. You got to stay behind and get yourself killed. Trust me. This this makes sense. (laughs) Oh, you're done. (laughs) No, no, that's it. That's a good point. It's good. No, it's good. It's good. I like the way that ended. I just wasn't prepared for it. All right. And finally, Brian, he and Jed are all used up. Ibit. You're going to notice a little bit of a similarity here. Clear my throat. What's that, boys? You say the town's been taken over by paratrooping, gun-toting, pajamaflage-wearing Cubans and Russians? I'm going to send you into the mountains for your own safety, but before that, run into the store and get yourself some supplies. Now, I wish I had a cool outdoor equipment store with camping supplies and guns like Jimmy's dad up uh, further up on down the highway, but I decided to open up a -A Build-A-Bear workshop instead. So, let's get started over here. Let's pick out your favorite bear or bunny rabbit. I'll quit blubbering, Danny, and pick a damn animal. We don't have a lot of time. So, all right, now you've got your choice of stuffing. Pick up the pace now. The Russians are coming. Danny, quit swallowing the Build-A-Bear hearts. Damn it. Those are supposed to go into the bears, not you. Perfect. Oh, look at yours, C. Thomas Hal. I hope you give him a cute name. You know, picking a name is the most important part of the Build-A-Bear experience. Danny, quit peeing in the stuffing machine. <laughs> like Danny, Danny peed in the radiator, and that's all he wants to do now is that's pee all he on wants stuff. To do now is just okay, everything. I like Damn it. Danny. I like that. That would be his fate. I don't know why I never thought of that, but all right. Uh, hey, look at us! It's us doing Red Dawn finally. I know, guys. It's been since 2009 we started the show, and nearly 10 years later, we're finally lifting up the coffin and opening it uh, with a big title on it called Red Dawn. It shocks me it's taken us this long. Seriously. Like, Red Dawn. This movie, I saw it like 15 times as a kid. Constantly on. I had VHS tapes that were multiple copies, and and I got one before they were even out. It was some friend of mine got me a bootleg. And uh, I even did a short animated film with Claymation where the soundtrack I used in the background was Gunfire from this movie. (laughs) Really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I was so into this movie, I couldn't get enough of Red Dawn in the day. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Oh, so if if you're wondering why now, because it's still, I don't think it's ever been on Netflix at a time that we were watching it. And it's still not on Netflix. We uh, I caught this on uh, my free trial of Stars through oh. Hulu because oh. I had a 
10 day. But you could, you guys, I think, watched it on Amazon, Amazon Prime, right? Amazon yeah. Prime, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It was on Prime, which, you know, hopefully a bunch of people have access to it. But it just, it's one of those movies that even if, I'm a little surprised we didn't just make some exception for some DVD copy of it or something, because it's just, to me, it's it so... It like if there was going to be a, uh, if we were going to do something for Nerdtacular, this would have been a contender for one of the movies. Oh, for sure. And, for sure. And, and mostly, not so much for what the actual content is, because ironically... I don't have a ton of clips today because it's not that clippable. No, uh, it's mostly it's, gunfire. It's right? a lot of gunfire. It's a lot of dour attitude and kind of. It's also a lot of. Oh hey, isn't that so and so from all those yeah. other eighties movies? Oh hey, <laughs> look at her. That's what's her face from all those other eighties movies. Yeah, like in Charlie Sheen's case, this is his first film, like <laughs> theatrical okay, can, I, film. can I give you two confessions really quick? Yeah. Number one, because uh, you talked about how many times you'd seen this movie. This was my first viewing of Red Dawn. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. This one totally, totally zipped by me in the 80s. I never, never. Uh, usually, usually never I would say it. you're so lucky because now you get to finally see it. But <laughs> it's like now it's like, oh, I wish you would have seen it back I when wish it was enjoyable. You <laughs> exactly. Kind of. Yeah. Yes. Like I wish I wish Randy had seen Time Bandits when it was in theaters instead right, of seeing right. it so much later on here. I, Same kind I of actually think. I actually think Time Bandits, though, is a film that gets better with repeated viewings. Mm, yeah. Like you just have to, you have to get used to it, and you have to start looking at it differently with each time. I can see uh, that. This is also my first time seeing Red Dawn, and oh, wow. uh, wow. we've we've talked before about how uh, there's an age uh, yeah. like hole that movies fall into, mm. and this age movie, hole. this movie <laughs> was the the very first film ever uh, given a PG-13 rating. And it came out long before I was 13. And so there was a, right. like, I always just think of this time frame, and it's a little different for every person, but there's this time frame where you're maybe old enough that you have, if you have extremely hippie parents, you're watching adult movies, but maybe not. And uh, most people, you're not yet. And let's, there's let's movies coming grown out. Up movies, yeah, I wouldn't sure, call sure, PG-13 okay, okay. adult. So but I, my parents are just too stupid. They didn't know. They were just like, oh, well, that's, I was, that's not R, so go ahead. But anyway, right. but there's this gap where you're old enough. To, uh, some of your friends maybe see these movies, but you don't. And then some years go by, and now you're old enough. You're 15 or whatever. You're old enough to just grab these movies and see them yourself. But the time has passed. They're now three or four years in the past, and there's new movies coming out for you to see. And so yeah. you you watch the, the new that. movies that are coming out, and there's now you have a gap. There's just this like gap five years, you know, and you just yeah. never see the movie was, in the gap. This was uh this was 1984, which is a banner year in in our opinions, as we've oh, talked yeah. before. That, that yeah. was great films. Also a great time to uh, for you know a little shift in how things were portrayed. And I was 12 at the time, and this was the first PG 13 movie, and so I don't think the local theater really knew how to you know. What is this PG thirteen? And we know how to we know how to keep kids out of R rated movies, but you know, not every thirteen year old carries around their driver's license. <laughs> so you know, it's like uh, you have to kind of make a judgment call. It's yeah. like, yeah, right. yeah. He looks uh, like he real, real quick though. I want to throw out my second because I had two confessions. Here's my second. Oh one. yeah, Bring it back um, until the end credits rolled. I thought that was Emilio Estevez. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> That's that awesome. That's you thought Charlie of, Sheen was Emilio Estevez? Yeah. I thought Charlie Sheen was Emilio Estevez. It's funny because at one point, it's like, I honestly, swear to God, said this to Tina. Man, back then, Emilio looked a lot more like Charlie Sheen <laughs> than he does now. Hilarious. <laughs> but, but he didn't fully look like Charlie Sheen. He looked like yeah. this weird, 
um, halfway through the morph software. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Halfway that's... through the morph software of, of Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that's, you know what? I that's... can kind of see it now that you say it. I can kind of yeah. picture what you're Makes saying. Sense. It's, yeah. yeah, you can. And it's funny, but it's also understandable because this is one of the worst shot films we've ever seen on this show. Oh, yeah. And I just can't, I can't stop thinking about why did the director and the cinematographer do this? Mm. Why did they have so many mm-hmm. shots where I understand not looking directly into the face of the people, but why do they have so many shots where I'm looking over their shoulder from behind and just seeing the tip of their nose? Like yeah. what? what trying was to be it? edgy probably or trying was to it, be. I, I think we're trying to be, I think we're trying to be more like a, a war movie and uh, especially like the seventies gritty kind of war movies. So I, yeah, I agree with Randy. It just, especially in that part, it failed. And and the edits, because sometimes mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be following along with a character, and I'm like, okay, where are we at now? That makes absolutely zero sense. I didn't even know we just traversed a day's worth of travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's what happened. There's a lot of that yeah. in this movie, and I totally agree with this sentiment. Even though I loved this movie and seen it so many times, I think it's ripe for a good remake. Not that Hemsworth thing that was bad. Oh, I. I kind of like eh, the movie was now, bad. now I want to see the Hemsworth, Hemsworth like it. Uh, The remake. movie it's okay but the movie was it got the wrong the message is wrong. Yes. And 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 it, part of it is we're out of the Cold War in a way that's significant and it's like there it's a different sure. kind of threat so they take it in different places and all of that. And so Wasn't I understand North Korean that. isn't that what was uh, didn't they play that Yeah, it was, what they would do with these like right now if they were right, to do right. a remake. It's probably I think that'd be what it is or I think that's yeah. that is what it is. But here's the well, thing, yeah. if they're going to do it again, what I would do is put it in the 80s again. Like mm-hmm. just go right. ahead and make it retro. Who cares? It doesn't have to be a modern take and let's have a better shot, better paced, better plotted yeah. experience because yeah, I think there's something there. There's something there. The pacing is so crazy on this. I mean, the movie Mm -hmm. begins, you get, you get 10 seconds of schoolroom setup before the whole (laughs) thing begins, right? You don't get any sort of character like, oh, there's this guy and he's like the tough guy and here's this other guy and he's like the weenie guy. Yeah. Most of the time you complain that they, they don't give you enough care. They don't give you enough. They give you too much character development. It's like, oh, I don't just get on with the action. But man, you would also, you would think like, uh, I guess we've read that the director was a protege of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And you would think that he would have also like really learned the lessons of things like Star Wars episodes four and five, mm-hmm. which, which are all about team building and character building. And then you have your conflict and then it's very, very like we're all invested. And also, by the way, uh, it doesn't help me that you're constantly surprising me with your action. Like, I actually get a lot more entertained when you show me how we got to the action, the moment of action. So, for instance, uh, the rabbit, uh, not rabbit, the spider hole uh, ambush. Yeah. Was oh, right. Awesome. But yeah. it made me stop and say, whoa, when did they dig those enormous holes? There's a lot of industry that had to go totally. into this preparation. Why didn't you show me some of that? That would have been really entertaining. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and it would have been nice, right? A little <laughs> montage of like how they prepare this. It's so it felt so like wow everything really had to be perfectly predicted in how Jennifer Grey was gonna get the package in there and blow it up but then still you know if there's any of them left over she has to run a specific direction and nothing can possibly go wrong you know she can't get caught up closer to them because if she's 
too close to them, then when they come out to shoot, they're going to shoot her as well. I mean, there is yeah. so much that could have gone wrong. In also, that this matter. claim, yeah. this claim that they make in the, some of the trivia about John Millis being, or Milius, I guess as I say it, being a protege of Spielberg is kind of like saying I'm the protege of my roommate in college because you know this is '84. Right, we're, we're, right. Spielberg's been around for a bit, but mm. not really very long, and I don't think this guy learned shit. So whatever his claim is, <laughs> like it really is he not that right. great, and it's unfortunate because right. I think that the 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 core concept that's at play here is really solid and could be applied mm-hmm. in a bunch of ways, and it's just a great idea. And I love you know I love this sort of end time sort of look at stuff like this and things happening and disrupting your normal everyday life and and turning it somewhere else. And that's interesting to me. And, and I like it but from the point does of it? it happening all the way to Mad Max level. Like I like all those levels and this just is not well-made w- version. I was of trying it. to think of what, go ahead, go ahead. Does it still have to, I mean, does it still feel like, let's say you take all the acting, the editing, the pacing, all that stuff out of it. The whole premise rel- uh, relies on, all right, is it believable that a group of, of teenagers whimpering, sobbing, um, freaked out kids who are like don't forget living like they're living in the elements without any sort of structure or anything like that they're basically you have to think about this they're in sleeping bags in october in the mountains of colorado yeah i won't even sleep uh without four comforters in october (laughs) in colorado like in the house with a heating system right and Um, and so this was a this this script is a flip the script idea of what happens when we go into other countries right so there was a little bit of anti-war but also celebration of war going on here uh, about uh what would happen if we were on the receiving end well of, and and and, and in flipping that script by the way that's the the conceit is this to answer Ibbett's actual question which is yeah these are kids in the way that when other nations find themselves at siege with one another occupied uh, right. A lot of times the gorilla stuff ends up being a bunch of kids in the jungle. And by kids, I mean, you know, 12 to 18. And yeah. and so this, so, so it's not that crazy of an idea, but the way that they present it here, I think is just not good enough. I think they could have gone and, further. I think the acting could have helped it. I think that yeah. if everybody was wanna, as good an actor as I, I Henry Dean Stanton, we'd have a better film. Oh, I wanted more I, of Henry Dean Stanton. Yeah. yeah I, I could, get, me! <laughs> I, could, I could get really off in the weeds talking about how guerrilla insurgencies actually work in reality like it, always like they they if they fail they fail that's that and you don't have a story but when they work they always work in the same ways and this movie isn't realistic and that's fine like let's not let's not hold it against a movie that it's not realistic right like, right it's, well, we it's do supposed to we do have you uh, we do have a higher degree. We have a higher um, expectation when it comes to war movies. I think. Uh, yeah, and believing a, a kid realistic. can shoot webs out of his wrists or or not, depending on which version of Spider Man you're watching, is one thing. Where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm there's so many other things that I have to kind of suspend disbelief for. This is a, a fantasy film, whereas Red Dawn, it's supposed to feel like this. This could happen. This is what potentially World War Three could be. And so, do I believe that that no matter it's how scare the much shit their you, right? backs are against the wall. Yeah, totally. And no matter how much these kids' backs are against the wall, they can come through and, and organize and mobilize into a unit that can take out battalions of, of Cuban and Russian trained military personnel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
you just have to have this level and, of ineptness of the well, opponent kind of set right, up ahead the, of time. And, yeah, those those invaders make every mistake imaginable. Yes. It's insane how often those invaders are just driving down a road completely unprotected without <laughs> checkpoints or anything. Like it's insane. But right. I I want to grant it that. Like Yes, I want a Red Dawn HBO series, and I want it to Ooh. be. I think I want it to be made by the guy who made Chernobyl because I want to know what he would do oh. with it. Yeah. But it's, oh it's my like, gosh! Okay. You're, you know, you, you know, what, you know what? You have my. You've got my attention, dude. That's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> I would sign on for that. And, yeah. and that would be. Because, and that would address the pacing problem because you could have it spread out over a, a six episode miniseries or whatever, and it wouldn't feel like October. Oh, kids right, take another right, November. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you could do yeah. you could do five seasons of this and make them full twelve episode seasons. Like that's a great idea. They yeah. need to stop trying to make this a movie and let's make it a show. Isn't that isn't that essentially what Jericho was though? Wasn't that kind of Jericho was bad though. Well, Jericho wasn't bad. <laughs> not, no, 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 Jericho, no. Jericho, Jericho was not. had Jericho potential. Was? Jericho, no, Jericho no, was Jericho was, Jericho was Jericho was like post. It, Jericho was all the power it, went out. Nobody can get it on again. And then, well, but it was it was okay. So Jericho fell in a time where we were still trying to figure out good TV. I just like the power went out and nobody could get it on again. I'm right. trying to yeah. hope. I'm yeah. trying to. I'm trying to make the leap of nobody can get the power back on again. But all I can think of is, damn, there's no power. None yeah. of us can get it on. No more babies. That's it. <laughs> Humanity dies a slow death because we can't procreate anymore. We can't get the power. Yeah. There you go. That's it. But I think that I to get back to the movie. I think the the main major problem here um was that our director uh d- just a couple years before had directed uh conan the uh conan oh, so he's he, conan, done that he? so right. yeah so he wrote in and directed conan in hmm. uh, 82 uh this time he is taking on a cast of really young actors we gotta remember that patrick swayze c thomas howell leah thompson charlie sheen all these people were very young actors and he had to like coax a performance out of these people and this is also rumored at the time that patrick swayze and jennifer gray were not on the you know the friendliest of terms they oh weren't. i didn't know that jennifer yeah, gray were, claims it was the best movie she ever made or the most fun she ever had making a movie so maybe right right I've, I've heard that i've heard several things but one of the things i heard is that they had some you know some conflict and maybe that was more in the in the next movie they did which a few years later dirty dancing right uh, so that there's a lot of moving pieces. This was kind of a low budget affair for what they were doing, and he and this director's got to coordinate all these young actors and also coordinating all this, you know, all these shots in this this sprawling area, and and got to get military assets in. I mean, oh my gosh, this is this was a huge undertaking, uh, yeah. in, in my opinion. So I, I kind of give it a little bit. I kind of step back just a little bit and go, okay. You know, it's it was this is the t- this is a tough order to feel. Yeah, I think I I think what I happened to me as a thirteen year old kid is I felt it and I believed it right. and I bought into it because the concept was strong. And when you're a kid, you're less worried about you know technical uh, perfection oh, yeah. or movies yeah. having exact exactly the right pacing or plot and stuff and all that. So I was a lot more forgiving to that. And what I just could not get over was this concept that teenagers like me or ones that were just older than me could grab a gun and make this happen and and i just forgot about all the plot holes like that's what it was now it's impossible to watch it now and not see those though sure so it frustrated me it's not good yeah it frustrated me because i i really have such powerful feelings for it as a thing growing up like we do about a lot of things we see when we're young but uh a a a treatment 
that somebody like FX or HBO or AMC or somebody could give this as a series would be really great. Like I, I think there's lessons still to be learned from the concept. If you want to set it in the eighties, even better, because I just think it fits really nicely and you still make it Russians and Cubans. Like be a little truer to that stuff. Do you still get the importance of our fears at that time though, when we're so far away from, from being afraid of Russians and, and, I mean, that's a great question, right? Because you and I would see it and go, oh, yeah, totally. This was the Cold War. But other people will see it and go, or like my son will see it and say, well, I don't get it. What's why the Russians? Right. Cubans. Cubans. Yeah, Cubans. (laughs) Right. It's the the Red Scare. You know, you can't can't have Red Dawn without having communist uh, cigar people. To my son, son, Nicholas, which is still out of his own time, he thinks that if you say Cubans, his only reference point is that Seinfeld episode where uh, Kramer had those three Cuban guys living in his apartment because they could bring him cigars. Like, he has no reference right, point right. for Cuba other than, ooh, yeah. why are those cigars illegal here? Plus, the, plus, there's no fear because we were still, even in 84, we were very much in fear of everything that was going on in the Cold War. It was a very tense time. How do you How do you bring that? Because we all, I think we were all afraid during the 80s thinking that, oh, you know, won't be long and I'll be old enough to fight in a war. Will a war come again? Because every decade prior seems like there was a, a war going on. Well, and so I'll tell you what though, I I've I have bad news, maybe. I don't know if this is bad news or good news, but maybe this is just the way of humanity. But I remember when the Gulf first Gulf War happened, I was like right. nineteen or twenty, whatever I was. Mm-hmm. And I remember being freaked out that I was gonna get drafted. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that I now have a nineteen year old son and two, three weeks ago when sabers are rattling about Iran, right. he came to me and says, Dad, is there like a chance I can get drafted for this yeah. thing? And I, yeah. I think the fear just transcends. I don't. I think no, anytime, anytime somebody tells you that without your say, you may be pulled into a conflict that will end your life and you will have to end other lives, like that's, yeah, that's right. a horrific idea. And this, this movie touches on some of those themes, but it never... Very quite, lightly. Yeah, it never mm-hmm. quite gets there. It just makes a lot of assumptions. There's a thing at the end that a lot of people think is cheesy and would never happen. It's kind of this trope where, in fact, it deserves a trope thing. I'm going to play one here. It's where the 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 leader of this whole thing of the of the invasion, the one that's in charge of everything, in the end respects his enemy so much that he lets them go, despite the fact that they completely disrupted their invasion plans. um, He lets Swayze and the dying brother go. And even though I know that that's horseshit and that would never happen, there is something about that whole sequence that really sews it up for me. And I wish the rest of the movie was good at this. Like the brothers and their relationship. And I don't even like Charlie Sheen, but but their relationship really worked for me. Really spoke to me. I don't even like Charlie Sheen. But uh, (laughs) it just—I mean, what we didn't know then, what we know now. But it was a—it was a great. I thought they handled that stuff really well, and I found it heartfelt and. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, really good. We, we land we land the brothers at the very place of which the other touchstone of emotion is, which is Harry Dean Stanton uh, talking about. Remember when we used to take you to the swing? When I used to be at the swings and I'd pick you up, uh, and you know that was their that was kind of their safe spot. Yeah. And so they got to go there and and die. Even though Harry Dean Stanton told him he wasn't going to pick him up anymore, he's just not doing it. Even if he's dead, it's like no, I'm not doing it. Remember yeah. all those things yeah. I did that made you hate right. me? This is why. <laughs> Suck it up. Suck it up, buttercup. He the... was he was great until he started yelling yeah. and avenge me. The, he was that was dumb. The whole but... that was great. That was the whole uh, <laughs> the whole story here is something that you have to stop putting in context. 
if you put the story in context, it's meaningless. Like, this is a tiny town. It's one of 10,000 yeah. small towns in the United States. Like, ultimately, what, what are you fighting over is, is not important. Like, what's important is what's going on elsewhere. And so, but, but if you allow yourself to go down that road, then just don't even watch the movie. Because the right. m- movie doesn't, doesn't have that context. It's entirely this one little thing, right? And sure. uh, the trope that uh, you just made me think of is called uh, Day of the Jackboot. Have you oh, ever heard this, no. this yeah. phrase? So day, you know, in the day of the jackboot, like mm-hmm. we have been, uh, we're in a place that where these thugs are running everything. And there's lots of movies like that, like Escape from L.A. Is oh, one. sure, sure. I think we thought about it then uh, too, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, I didn't, because I'd never seen this movie before, I'd, it never occurred to me that this is actually the best. Like you mm-hmm. have to portray these jackbooted thugs running the town. Mm-hmm. And they do, yeah. and it's amazing how fast they start running the town. Like, for like within minutes of invading, they're, well, they, uh, within know, within minutes months. and a, and a title card that says October. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> things happen. Things a lot Meanwhile. of things happen since September. So much hand wavy October. Like, right. by the way, November now. By the way, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I and I actually, that, that's a trick I don't mind sometimes when it's used right, where it's like, oh my gosh, a month has passed, or right. a month is a theme almost, like these horrible things happen in the month of October. And then right, it says November, right. yeah, you're but, like, what will happen in November? But I don't think they use it right here. It's not great. I don't think they use it right here either because there's so much that you got to really assume like, okay, I understand that um, that the, the, the town has changed over that time, but I want to see how these guys are training. I want to see how they're surviving on more than just deer and berries because that's all we really ever see them <laughs> forage. Yeah. Uh, how are they? How are what kind of shelter did they build? And how are they getting all right, that paramilitary right. gear constantly? I understand oh, well, they're that they're capturing it. They're, I understand like, that, but that some of that sense to me. Some of that stuff is like, oh, they blew the tank up. All right, well, they got all this shit now. Where'd they get it? The blown up tank? Yeah. Like, where are you getting what, it? Right. Yeah. What right. wasn't I, thought through was that they would capture gear and then they would look and sound exactly like their enemies. Like mm-hmm. they made, they even made for some reason they made the snow camo that the teenagers were wearing a little different than the snow camo the invaders were wearing. I'm like, no, they would the... have gotten that from those guys. Mm. Pajama flaws, you mean? Did you make that up? Because that's pajama really flaws. good. Yeah. Pajama flaws. I made that up. That's pajama flaws. Awesome. Oh my gosh, mark that one down because that's great. I couldn't think what to call that shit they were wearing. It was awful. And I couldn't think what to call baggy, it. Baggy, like really baggy. How is this how is this uh both protection and hiding you from the element or hiding you from your uh, opponents? Yeah, yeah. That's just ridiculous. It was the first it was literally the first note I wrote in 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 my watching this. Camouflage. Pajama All right, watch. sorry. We just had to so celebrate that for a so moment because that's really good. But yeah, there, there's some. There's a shot where they were. Um, what's the name of that historic point that they were at? And they were misinterpreting the sign. Uh, oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. When they Arapaho. were in front of the state. Arapaho. Yeah, yeah, they were in front of the. Uh, that was great. so dumb. That little selfie they took, so dumb, dude. <laughs> yeah, but that's that was that was the idea, right? That these people were very comfortable in their dominance. And uh, they got their comeuppance. It says here that they have I, fought a big battle here. I, it's, you know, and it, I know it's Cuban, bad, but I just had to. Right. It. It's too bad because it was actually a very humorous uh, point uh, yeah. in, in in that scene. And I didn't, it was so subtle. I didn't even realize it was happening until after it happened. But the, uh, the, the one of the generals that was there with him or the, the upper up, 
he got shot and i got thought he got shot in the back with that arrow he got shot in the butt yeah it was in the butt so when he was when he was screaming oh my god i'm dying then it made me laugh because i I didn't realize but i kept thinking it was in the back i'm like yeah you are gonna die if you got punctured in your lung but then i'm like you got your butt meat okay i was was laughing no matter what because that was just poorly done like it just made him seem like oh yeah this highfalutin general such a puss he's like it is in my bum i'm going to die from the bum arrow like and then when she laid into him with the AK and just sprayed him with bullets, <laughs> yeah. I was like, good, dude. That guy sucked. Freaking pajama. Yeah, freaking <laughs> pajama. Leah Thompson. I, want, I don't think, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a Leah Thompson performance more than so this. I, I agree great. with you that that guy sucked, but the <laughs> best moments in the film, yeah. the best moments in the film were when the invaders are talking to each other, which had just happened. They had been standing on a roadside, taking pictures, mm-hmm. pretending to know what the English sign said. And those are the best parts of the film. The best. When when they're in town and they have their collaborator, you know. They shouldn't like, be, but they are. They're real they're they are good. I mean that what they do is they give us the bigger picture, they help us understand the overall threat. Like it's it's important that they even exist. Um but I still yeah. wish that the I wish the kids had more stuff to do. Again, no offense to any of these actors. I grew up with all these guys and like them in lots of things and all that, but I just I don't know, I feel like Different, we, we didn't different have approach enough, we today. We didn't have any. There was no character development at all, and so mm-hmm. you know that 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 may be true in a true wartime sense because you kind of get locked into to to being whatever your environment creates. Yeah. But as a story, you need you need somebody to grow. Well, that is conceptually you know what, I mean? what they're going for here, right? It's like all the norms right. are broken, and it's immediate. You're everything you thought was normal, like sitting in this class talking to your teacher, and then noticing there's a bunch of paratroopers out the window. From then on, all that. norms are out the window. Nothing's normal again. Um, if anything, they just kind of, they kind of broke that themselves because when they came back to town to check how things were going, right, right, nobody seemed to give a poop who these boys, these right. famous boys well, were who, yeah. who escaped and they oh, killed everybody's guys. looking for you. Well, nobody seems not, to be looking for you. Even the guy who was looking at you yeah. doesn't appear to be looking for you. Yeah, there are people staring at you who don't. Who aren't looking for you? Like, <laughs> what the hell is that about? Like, that really annoyed me. But that's that. Well, that's the that's the incompetence of an occupying army. This there, uh, simply by orders and not by villainy. You know, also, they're, not, they're, not, again, they're not there to be villains. They're just there to be right. pawns. Once right. again, don't forget, this is a small town in the middle of nowhere. They're not sending their best to occupy this town. Remember <laughs> that. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't I really get- think about that. It's not like they're. And also, I noticed that the American. Uh, military certainly is not sending their best to help the kids out very often or very quickly. Well, well somebody I, in I, spring. <laughs> I want to. I wrote something down. I want to share with you guys. Um, I freaking love Powers Booth and oh god, so good yes. in yeah. villain roles later in life. Yeah, and right. re- rest in peace, Powers Booth. He died a couple years ago. Yeah. I I thought I I actually I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh, young Powers Booth sucks. I'm sad that young powers. And then I looked him up. I he was 36. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. He should have some acting chops by this point. Yeah, I don't maybe. understand. He's fine. I don't. I didn't bother me. I don't think his character was yeah. all that well realized. It was super uh, stereotypy and stuff, oh. and just sort of fit whatever. It's also a little creepy with Jennifer Gray, but that's fine. What? Or I mean, uh, no, it was uh, it was uh, Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. That, that was. I keep Leah screwing Thompson them up. By the way, I keep all... screwing them up. It's Leah Thompson who said she's never had more fun on a movie. Right, right. Not Leah Jennifer. Thompson not Jennifer is... Gray. Jennifer oh. Gray says the worst experience of her life. Yeah, she yeah. had a bad time. Leah Thompson is all over the place in this movie because it is like <laughs> she is so broken, no, weird. She's... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, just 
by the end of this, you're thinking, oh my God, she, she has the potential to like, when they get this thing resolved, still go on like a, you know, a a doomsday prepper, maniacal. (laughs) And, uh, and I want to, I wrote down something about Leah Thompson. There were so many scenes where you actually can see her, like, uh, unlike the rest of the movie, you can actually see her and she looks like. Hermione stands with a fist. Does that make sense <laughs> to you? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Anyone? Actually, uh, yeah. the the way the women were portrayed in general, I liked in this movie, and I think it played against type. Most movies back then were still right. sort of stuck in the whole girls are always the ones in trouble. Uh, men have to save them. They're hysterical or they're upset. And that's about to change. This is 84, and that's about to change. Maybe right a little bit. You could, you could argue yeah, that yeah, it's it, still changing. It comes and but goes. I just, I guess it what comes. I'm saying is if you look at it in a vacuum, this movie subverts all of that pretty well these are two very strong female characters i don't know about don't being strong crap. jennifer gray is like she never says hardly even there's hardly even like three lines that i think she says in the whole movie and and she's constantly they're using her as bait because apparently she's the only thing that the soldiers on the other side are attracted to because yeah. every time they see jennifer gray they just like oh they lose princess. it yeah they're like oh look yeah. at that oh, oh that's jennifer gray Hope she never gets a nose job. I like it the way it is. They said to themselves, right? But here, here's what here's what I like about her. Her two she had two yeah. two big jobs: squeeze the squeeze the orange on top of uh, Swayze's head, and Swayze. lay on a grenade for an hour or at however long she was there. She cooked that thing, boy. She's like, come on, come touch my dead body. Do it. I dare you. I mean, the whole like this. Okay, that's frustrating too. The whole idea was she was he was supposed to shoot her and end her misery. No. He couldn't do it. So he says, she says, fine, give me a grenade. So the idea is that she's going to she pull the pen out and give me the grenade. She's going to use the grenade to end her own life. Instead, she dies or falls asleep and just leaves it on there like a, like a uh, what do you call it, a, a booby trap. That's fine, mm-hmm. except you were, the whole point was to end it, not booby trap. Like, pick your thing. And uh, like, right. what we don't get right. is her decision making going. Oh, this kind of hurts. I think I'll just use this now. Well, wait a minute. What yeah, if I I'll slept on it? Change my mind on how I want this to go down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoyed. If that doesn't work, I'm going to be in some big trouble. It annoyed me a little bit, but I got over it. Yeah. Uh, see Thomas Howell. He's a psycho in this. He's yeah. He's that trope yeah, yeah. though, right? Where yeah. you start out like, oh, he's he's the one crying the most and the most upset, and the most nervous. Get Star Wars hat and all that, and then later on, he becomes like the most awful killer. You know, right, right. And the it, kid you're the, first, the other kid you're kind of worried about becoming the uh, yeah. yeah sitting it, on top of a schoolhouse. <laughs> and, and at first, yeah. I couldn't figure out if they were trying to say only the jocks would survive because I was like, these all like jock folk. But then they started developing the characters, going, no, no, you know, uh, Daryl, he's kind of a you know, he's the class president, you know. So there's there's no computer nerds in that, uh, you know, or no no communication technology. Nerds oh, that would have been great. No, that new one I think does too. Eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would have been with all all Mac SEs and stuff. Uh, (laughs) But with the with the uh, or no, the original Mac, I guess, wouldn't it? Eighty four. Yeah. The the uh, right the SE. Yeah, right. The pre SE thirties. Yeah, and the IBM PS twos and whatever. Anyway, what y'all think? What y'all think about Mister Teasdale, Frank McRae's character, is the teacher who. Just walks uh, out. Just walks death. out. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Think you guys are in the wrong place. I mean, I think he thought that they, like today, if I saw a bunch of dudes and guns and stuff outside, right. I and I, and it looked official, like military official. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I What's think up, I, I'd walk out there. I would assume there'd be rules yeah. in place where you're not just going to mow people down. So sure. he did oh. what I think I would do, especially in a case where you got a bunch of kids who are sort of your that's your stewardship for that hour. You know, like you can't right. just leave them. 
in there. You're going to go out was, and see what's going on. So I, I, I liked that. It was oh, short, though. It wasn't there very long. Yeah, it was very oh, short, no. and, but it was very important for, like, it's so much foreshadowing. I mean, everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything was foreshadowing. It's just like, oh, let, let's... Here's a, here's a little story. Guess what? It's gonna it's gonna come back later in the movie. We just told you the whole movie. Yeah. Everything everything's like it was ta- constantly giving me foreshadowing. I'm like too much. Oh, they foreshadowed everything always, but they yeah. really got going quick. And that's the thing I don't remember from my previous 14 viewings. Yeah, me too. Is how I thought there was a lot more lead up to the class getting shot up and a lot more yeah. tension there, and there was none. It was just like here we go. I was I was laughing out of the gate because. Uh, it, that once like randy had said earlier like the cinematography and the, and the shots they, they didn't seem to get the shots that they needed yeah. and so they were like there's one scene where charlie sheen is walking after he's been dropped off by jed's character and he's walking into the school and you know jed's already in our minds is already like you know almost a half mile down the road yeah. and then charlie Tr- sheen turns around and goes Thanks, Jed. See you later, Jed. Yeah. Like, Who's he talking to? It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like weird editing, and and then the other things they they really got it, like they nailed it. The what I will remember about the initial invasion is a paratrooper murdering a potty, Pontiac Ventura, like. Yeah. That that was so well done, and like I got to see the car with a hood popping open and the fire happening, and it was like they, there are kids inside and they're freaking out. Like 1969 Pontiac Ventura, nailed. And yeah. It's like other things. I like I don't remember other parts of that sequence, so you must yeah. not have shot it very well. Yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate. A lot, of, a lot of missing shots. A lot of uh, a lot of editing at the end because there's a lot of soundstage stuff. Like, sure, man, Powers Booth was just like screaming in a microphone somewhere when he was, when he was there was shot. adr across the board like tons yeah. of it yes. and it was annoying it was the annoying kind where it's just i can't stand when there's supposed to be just dialogue and they have right. to adr the whole thing in. i hate that mm-hmm. yeah and they do that with the outside whole... shots you have to sometimes yeah the outside, it's almost always outside shots right but like yeah. in you know newer films they have better tech better mic tech isolating tech they can they can make that stuff work but you know this is yeah. 84 they couldn't really do it this film actually had a record for a while. It was in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most acts of violence of any film up to that time. According to their calculations, 134 acts of violence occupy, or see, it, sorry, occur per hour, or that's 2.23 violent acts yeah. per minute. And if you don't believe that, you can get the special edition DVD that actually has the kill counter shot. Show Does it really on like screen. on the bot like yeah. a little score? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Score card? Yeah. I uh, I was surprised when you said that this was the first PG thirteen film because I wasn't I I'd always been under the impression that it was uh, um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I think no, Temple of Doom was, was the thing that inspired didn't one. inspire it, but it it that was one of the the linchpins of them doing it. Like, gotcha. Okay, I, that's my memory. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was that and Gremlins was like, oh, you guys, we got to have a new rating. We need another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's funny this we're going down a dangerous path spielberg was involved in all three of these things that's kind of funny if in this one barely because it's just his friend is this director but yeah that's kind of funny i used a roommate spielberg owned the 80s man that guy he really did he really did but you don't think about it then like at the time i didn't think about it so much but now i look back and i'm like everything was yours man the whole decade mm-hmm. et we just learned this on tms the other day. et was the top grossing film of the entire decade 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. beat Star Wars, beat Indiana Jones, which was also his. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just crazy to me how no, much he no, did. I, I really hate we didn't get to experience an uh, a elder uh, Patrick Swayze. I would really have mm-hmm. been interested mm-hmm. to see. Where oh, what he'd be doing it. now? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Like, yeah. imagine older Patrick Swayze in a movie like Hell or High Water. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, right. right. Yeah, or some kind of so oh, even a west any western or something. I would be all up in that. It really bums me out because so he had pancreatic cancer. So did uh, Powers Booth, the exact same oh, kind really? of cancer. Yeah. Wow. Obviously, died much later in his life than Patrick did, but just right. a bummer, man. Yeah. Patrick Swayze they, did not deserve that. What if they that. ate like the same cancerous <laughs> shrimp at a party? Right. In the, like a rat left right off the craft table yeah. at uh, the making of Red Dawn. Could have been. When they both drank that deer blood. Oh, wait, that was the other kid. Never mind. Yeah, you know, I kept. Yeah, since the foreshadowing was so, you know, so like heavy handed, I really expected somebody to drink somebody's blood i really was expecting that to well, go instead to you just got level. deer blood here's the thing this yeah. movie i was 100 percent sure even after 15 viewings that somebody sometime barfed in this movie no one ever barfed mm-hmm. huh well i, I think, honestly was I thinking think that see, thomas hell was gonna puke right after drinking that yeah. deer blood they were setting it up like oh yeah it's really good yeah it's really good oh it's good no it's warm and salty and the worst thing in your mouth and barf right. I, I swear yeah, i remember it. somebody barfing but i didn't he know. likes it yeah, uh, there, <laughs> I found I found the most le- I found the least believable IMD IMDb fact. Okay, so okay, gonna, give it, cool. give it. This is no way this is true, but whatever. It says producers were considering Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Harrison Ford for the roles of uh, Jen and. Those yeah, are always well. in there too. This probably had that too, and I just skipped over it. But anyway, it says two CIA men came to the set. I love that you call them CIA men. CIA men. Uh, Came to the set having received reports of Russian tanks in the area. They were relieved to hear the tanks were just for a movie. Yeah. Come on. That That sounds, that sounds. I don't know. CIA men is the official term for those people. Yeah. The (laughs) CIA men coming to, you know, just imagine. What did your dad do? Oh, he's the CIA man. Just imagine the top intelligence uh, organization in the world. And they're like. (laughs) Hey, Phil, you see that? There's some tanks there. I hope this isn't real. <laughs> Come on. That's I, horseshit. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the tanks. I enjoyed the tank battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very well sure. done. It did make me stop and think, how'd they get these tanks to Colorado? I don't know what the, mm. what's a, what's the, what was the mechanism by which these very, very heavy machines they were probably had. taken to this little town. And, that, and they're not even in the little town. These tanks are out in the out in the right. desert well right? that's like, that's a vegas shot so all the tank stuff i read is uh, so they film most of this was filmed in north vegas and then a whole bunch of it was filmed in in actual uh, colorado right not vegas vegas though uh las vegas, vegas, vegas mexico. Mexico. mexico oh yeah. i didn't I, mis- I misunderstood that i didn't know there was that's a las vegas a, that's mexico. a crappy vegas yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and i want to be i want to be clear scott i wasn't asking how did the filmmakers get these tanks out here? I was yeah. asking, how did the invaders how did the get these Cubans tanks out here? Oh, oh, and I what see what you mean. Like, okay, I got gotcha. you. That was a little off. It was a, they yeah, come it was in, a uh, weird. They come in IKEA flat packs, and you just assemble them. You get them uh, shipped out there, and then you just put them together. Yeah, is there a little amorphous? A, is the there... name, the name on the side is Boomstein. Yeah, Boomstein. Right. Is... And there's a little little instruction manual that's got two guys shrugging their shoulders. Yeah, two little amorphous guys, little naked blobby looking guys going on. Yeah, I, I don't found, know. I found it odd too. I didn't, I didn't dig too deep into it because I just didn't want to. But I, I, I wasn't sure about, <laughs> I wasn't sure about the plan to invade. 
Colorado is your starting point. I, I and thought, nowhere, been... and not even near NORAD. Like you right. think you're going to pick a place that's going to be like, I okay, just, um, where's NORAD? Let's go there. Like a weird choice, but maybe I just didn't dig deep enough into the, to what the plan was. But it seemed like it made more sense for them to come because didn't they say Mexico was like in turmoil and a civil war? I mean, like seems like it would be easier to creep up through that way yeah i always thought it was texas something. and in fact until this 15th viewing yeah, i still thought yeah, it was texas yeah. i thought it was a small texas too. town I, for some reason that that football small town vibe made me feel like it was texas not i i remember them sure. going to colorado but i thought they started in texas and just uh yeah. you know over months times worked their way up to colorado <laughs> so, so the, the powers booth character is supposed to explain this to you and it doesn't go very well because he's mumbling in the no. middle of the night yeah. and it basically Yes, so the communist <laughs> the communist invasion has been coming up from South America where it got its foothold in the Americas like mm -hmm. years and years ago, right? And it's been coming up, 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 and communism over, overthrew Mexico and then built a great big army and then invaded the states. And the, the reason this movie is taking place in Colorado is because that invasion over the border with Mexico was full-scale freaking war like mm -hmm. war sense, war yeah. and and so you wouldn't have you wouldn't have wanted to put this too close to the border or it would have just been you know a bunch of disasters that makes sense explosions. Yeah, they, they did kind of they did kind of uh address that a little bit because they that, that's what happened when they were doing the big tank battle they he took took them down to the actual line right where things were really happening uh yeah so, yeah. yeah it was uh so he's he's an interesting character because <laughs> he brings context to the larger conflict so that they're not, you know, just up in their mountain retreat and away from everything and not really mountain know retreat. what's going on. I just never really bought him as this grizzled serviceman. I, I don't know why right. I just didn't, mm -hmm. it just didn't work for me. I don't know who would have been better at the time, but it never worked for me. He was meant to play villains. He's supposed to be curly bill. He's mm -hmm. supposed to be. Yeah. I, I did. I did keep waiting for him to turn. Like right. that was one of the things I said, I had remembered there was some kind of betrayal in the movie, but it, you know it's been probably like ten years since I've watched it last, and I I couldn't remember. I'm like, was it Powers Booth that was the traitor? Well, somebody was yeah, a traitor. Yeah, and now it nowadays the Game of Thronesification of this is, uh, mm. Powers Booth's character would eventually force himself on Leah Thompson in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they would all hate him, but then he would get redemption by saving them from a tank uh, mm. when they needed it most. Right. And I I realized, man. I've seen too much since this movie came out, you know, yes. like that. I, that I, I just much. can't, I can't take it at face value. Cause I'm like, well, powers booth was, would have been an interesting character if he'd been more rapey. Am I saying right. that? No, God, no. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I mean, it does, it does feel like his character is a little two dimensional. Like he's the, he's the world war two fighter that lands on Gilligan's Island and, and <laughs> almost helps him get off the Island for a few I think minutes. We are. This is Gilligan's Island. Very close. <laughs> Yeah, Gilligan's Island, Lord of the Flies. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. I hate. I always, even as a kid, hated that thing they would do on Gilligan's Island, where somebody like that would show up. I hated that. And you're right. That's kind of what this is. It's not that it could. It absolutely could have been done better, but whatever. I, you know what I hated about Gilligan's Island episodes? Always the one where they were actively trying to get off the island. Those pissed me off because I knew there was no way they were getting off. So don't don't give me hope. Oh, they're just wasting your time. Yeah, I get that. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just let's just deal with weird coconut technology. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a weird coconut. Yeah. How are you going to make a record player play? And uh, right. what, what will Mr. Howell do right. to keep his money? Hidden? You know, right. all you have to Mrs. do is fix a hole in the side of the boat, but you can, you know. <laughs> right. In occasionally the old comedian joke you, know, you can fix a you can make a radio out of a coconut but you can't fix a hole in the side of the boat yeah that shows <laughs> dumb let's just just bring it. me some just bring me some gorillas with you know some kind of enhanced intelligence to the island yeah. and have them run around that's what i want my favorite my f- g-u-e or gorillas g-o they were g-o's, yeah, g-o's. 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 Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want Dudes in suits, in sweaty, hairy right. suits. That's what right. that was. And also the one where they got the the uh, the the radiated vegetables that showed up in a box, oh, and yeah. everybody yeah. got yeah. like super, super... the superpower episode. Yes, I love yeah. freaking. I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. All right, so here's uh, the the this, uh, I just wanted to give the full skinny on the PG thirteen thing. So the first motion picture re- released with a PG thirteen rating from the MPAA. However, and this is August tenth, nineteen eighty four, the Flamingo Kid technically is the oh, first film to get a PG-13 rating, but it sat on no shelves for five... No one's ever heard five, of it except for us. It was on shelves for... It <laughs> was shelved, it was shelved right. for five months before they put it out. So it's it got the rating first, but it released in theaters late. So right. the... So, the, so, so the, yeah, I'm going to say that doesn't count. Yeah. And what's yeah. funny is The Flamingo Kid, I that's a movie for me that only exists because H, HBO showed it every day <laughs> at 2 a.m. True story. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only same, way it same, exists. Same experience. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. I'm trying to think if I ever I, saw it in any other form. I had I never heard of it until just now, and I'm <laughs> shocked to find out it's a Gary Marshall film. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I know it's, a, it's Matt Dillon, right? Yep. And yeah. Lead, uh, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. like a cabana future, boy. Future film sack, probably. Probably. Yeah. It's this not good. Like Gary, Perfect. Gary Marshall, who made his bones writing Happy Days and mm-hmm. later made the movie Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. also made this Flamingo Kid thing. Yeah, right. You've and never apparently seen there's that. a That's there's crazy. a musical out now, so don't don't forget to run out and see the Flamingo Kid musical. This Shut up. really? <sighs> yeah, really. That's yeah. the thing okay. with Nathan Lane as the Flamingo Kid. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> hey, look. I like Nathan Lane. You're talking my language. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Um, so you guys are right oh, about the Colorado oh. thing. I didn't know there was a Las Vegas, New Mexico. I feel like an idiot. I had no idea. Oh, we, it's not we a flew. very good. It's not a. It's not a memorable Las Vegas. So it's understandable. Okay, fair enough. We, yeah. we flew right past a really, really important trope. What's like that? trope that goes back to the beginning of film set. Oh my gosh! Let me play it. Is there a glaive in this? Or there's a glaive. Black guy that dies first. <laughs> trope. Yes, black guy dies first. Oh, oh the teacher, right, Mr. Right. Teasdale, is the literal black guy that dies first why does this movie oh my gosh kill a the only black guy in the very first scene <laughs> the only black guy in all of colorado in 1984 dies first right. wow i want to say my soul died first but i'm gonna give it a close <laughs> yeah, second no i think yeah. you're uh th- that is the epitome of the trope like yeah, we, that's that's prime yeah. example uh exhibit exhibit a man and i gotta say i i i, I tried not to dig too deep because this is 1984 but uh kind of an expectation of yes not going to have a lot of black black actors in this film were there any other black actors after no, that I, no. I didn't spot one no and I, i've been keeping track like the right. most recent uh for us was heat in heat dennis haysbert died first yep uh go, like going back 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 the island when we watch the island you might mm-hmm. recall yeah. there's a black guy who dies first yeah. like it's it's something that I've been watching for. <laughs> and I did I did see uh, another black guy in the whole movie. Oh yeah, no. Sure there's, the mountains, no. there's a cave that looks like a vagina too. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Oh, is there? Yeah, it has to be. No, I, mean, I mean, I didn't no. see one, but oh, there you has didn't to see be. It, but you were oh, no. okay. 
No, no, no. He just knew it was there. The special yeah. edition. Has I can it. feel it. I can, <laughs> I can feel, feel there is a vagina near me. Exactly. It's burning. I feel it burning in my in bones. The, uh, the movie was originally <laughs> the, the the original title of the script. By the way, was Teen Soldiers. How dumb yeah. is that? Teen Soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty dumb. Horrible. Yeah. yeah, but is it any worse than uh, what was the other one? Not Small Soldiers. That was the one we watched with the what was it? Uh, ten. What was it? Ten what was soldiers? the other movie where there were ten? Not ten. Uh, uh, well, there's the one with the, the not, toys. Not small soldiers. That's that's the, that's the toys one. That's What's the, the other one? Because there was, um, there was one where a, a school got invaded. Uh, Tinker, Tyler, Tippy. No, oh. no, this is old. This is an older movie. <laughs> While we're where on this, got guy. invaded. Yeah, what was it? <laughs> on this show, we've covered by, it on by, some... by by some uh, by some terrorist. Oh, what was it? Not small soldiers. What was it? Oh. soldiers. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, not the one with uh, John Stewart getting a pencil in the eye. No, no. That's faculty? faculty. No, that's a different no. thing. You're talking about there. by soldiers, not by aliens. Small, small soldiers. Now, why don't you say that? Stop keep, saying it. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. sound right. Is because <laughs> it's not right. It's not. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine. Toy soldiers. The toy, toy, soldiers. toy soldiers is not about oh. toys. It's oh, about. That's right. It's about oh. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, that's right. Hold toy on. Oh, toy good. soldiers. But is the school getting invaded? yeah, by like some like some. Military. Yeah. By the way, yeah. By the way, I love to put the movie Toy Soldiers into the same universe as Stranger Things season two. So mm. the the Sean Astin character from Toy Soldiers grows up to be the Sean Astin character in Stranger Things. Just, nice. Just, I like that. I like oh, I didn't know. Stra- I didn't know Sean Astin was in Stranger Things. I haven't seen season. Oh, two. he's God, great. Oh, that's actually if they're. That's actually the only seen... reason to watch season two. You uh, got to watch of, season two. I love Steven Slyker. Yeah, no, wrong. we just had this conversation, you and we I. Did. I haven't seen it we yet. We did. Yeah. I know. We, yeah. we talked about this with Steven Schleicher, and he said, yeah, even season four of Stranger Things is better than season two, and there isn't a season four of Stranger <laughs> I res- Things. I respect his feelings on the, on the, on the season. But now that you However, bring up Sean Astin, Sean Astin is... The best thing about season two, All right. and, the, and the only reason to watch season two. People say I'm also. Yeah. I also want to credit the uh, ra- random other gang of misfits that Eleven mm-hmm. goes and encounters in the city because that's a really <laughs> awesome part of season. Yeah, that's two. how she gets her. That's, that's how she gets her training. Yeah. That's right. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Guys, I'm sorry. I I'm gonna make a case for season two of Stranger Things. Yeah. It's, All right. it's actually got some points that are so entertaining. Paul it, Reiser is so entertaining yeah. every time he's on the screen. Paul Reiser. I agree. It's the weakest of the seasons. However, even the weakest I've... season is still worth watching. Did you say Paul I Reiser? forgot about the other misfits too. Hold Damn on. It. You're telling me Paul Reiser's in that movie? Yes. 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 Oh my gosh! All right, role. I'm gonna watch it then. Are you yeah, kidding me? Stephen has lied to you. <laughs> okay, take that, Schleicher. He listens to the show. He'll hear this. He'll know. Uh, by the way, that movie you were talking about, the Toy Soldiers, is Sean Astin, Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton, and uh, R. Lee Ermy is in that there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, early night. No, they stack Sean Astin that. High. <laughs> I've added it. Not I've added high. it to our film sack if it ever comes around list. We will watch. Okay. And good luck because if you Google Toy Soldiers movie, all you will see is small soldiers. <laughs> so much trouble. Like, Come on. It's, it's basically like Google <laughs> operates in Brian Dunaway's mind. Yep. Right. Stop it. Never heard Are you of sure this. you didn't mean small soldiers? I'm broken. <laughs> no, way, I have no memory I, of this, I, by I, the way. I just don't even know what it is. He wrote no big, way. he wrote the big easy. He wrote Turner and Hooch. Like that guy's oh. a big writer, but he only directed a couple of movies, and this is one of them. 
anyway. I'm, I'm really excited to say I'm removing a film from our must-see <laughs> list because it is in our next oh. upcoming list. Oh. So that's exciting. Yeah. Which uh, uh, our must house. You want to so tell us at the end? Oh, okay, cool. And yeah. uh, and looking Cat at house. our must-see list, I just want to share with some some people listening, like some of these movies. Uh, we're we're gonna must see Gremlins two if we ever get to <laughs> yes. Um, it, you know, heavy metal is on that list. Uh, the oh, arrival we get, we've talked about we so get many times. Rays of heavy metal from some listener. Uh, oh, maybe did we? Maybe. Now I'm having a we did. having a memory maybe. of that as well. And I... then most importantly, the film I look for almost on a weekly basis is Twister. If we ever have a way to watch <laughs> Twister, we are so watching it, watch guys. Twister. Oh, you kidding me? I'd watch I Twister want us to watch it together, though. That, that's like we should yes. all... Yes. Oh, yeah, we uh, haven't done a, uh, a full-length movie commentary track in a long time. That would be a great one. That would be a fun one. I actually, actually, Gremlins, like any of these that we've just talked about, Gremlins 2, Twister, or Heavy Metal, all three of those would be fantastic Twister, live commentary. Yeah, exactly. Twister has a very is very sparse on dialogue and a lot of things to visually see. Uh, so yeah, I think it'd be great. For yeah, live. I, I, we should. All those should be on that list of potentials, and I would mm-hmm. watch them all. Yeah, I love Twister. Like, you won't, you don't have to beg me to watch that. I love that movie. You like to twist yeah. my arm to watch Twister? Twister. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, see? see, Twister, Twister taught me the three ways to survive a tornado, and I, I really, really appreciate. Hold on to Helen Hunt tightly. Uh huh. Right. So the three ways. The three ways are: you go in a hole that has a secure door. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is you strap yourself to something that's firmly rooted in the ground. And that's like, uh, like, (laughs) but then number three is the best, which is just out drive the tornado. I love that as like everyone just get in your car and go. Yeah, but have have Philip Seymour Hoffman drive. He's the best driver. I got to, I got to go back to that first one you had with the, with the secure door, Mm -hmm. but with a little asterisk that says, but don't hold onto the door. Because you'll get sucked out. Yeah. Right. And this right. is that the guy directed Speed, uh, something LeBanc. Justin Zant. Oh, yeah, right. No, it's, yeah. Uh, Jan, like verb, yeah. Jan, Jan LeBanc. Jan LeBanc. LeBanc. Vaunt. I don't know what it is. I saw, I saw Twister at the THX Theater with a uh, pregnant friend's. Uh, well, she was pregnant. My friend's my friend's <laughs> wife was pregnant. Oh my god! Wow, where's this that? going? I but, love this. Keep going. I know, right? So yeah, so I went with my friend to see Twister, and he brought his pregnant wife. And oh my god, I am pretty sure that kid got messed up. <laughs> Just a little stressed <laughs> out. Yeah, I get that. Um, oh my gosh, guys! Yeah. Sony Dynamic Digital Center was so important. Oh, it was huge, man. Would drive drive an extra 40 miles to the theater oh, yeah. that had the sdds system i want point. to hear this hey by the way i have a theory that uh patrick swayze's character committed suicide in this movie and i'll tell you why because right. when he came around the corner and went um you lose and he's and he comes right. out of that barrel and stands up straight full target yeah to a guy who's got a automatic weapon and his full magazine freaking AK-47 and turn and stands up with his little PP pistol and says <laughs> and Yeah, it says, was a you suicide lose. by cop thing, right? Yeah, yeah I agree with you on it that. It says you way. lose. Of course she's now going to get shot and that's going to be the end right. of Swayze. Like what are you doing? That annoyed yeah. me. Like well, you're they, supposed they to be did this that awesome as well um 
oh, uh, which character was it? Uh, not uh, Daryl. Was it Daryl? No, that he was the, he was the traitor. Yeah, Daryl was the he was the Pontius Pilate of this thing. Right. Well, oh, it must have been Robert. Or it was not Robert Pontius C. Pilate. Thomas Howe. He was the one that he he just stepped out from behind a rock and went face to face with some helicopters. Yeah. Who was that? Sorry. Okay. Who was the one that turned on Jesus to call the Andy? gold? Uh, what's his name? Help me. Help me with this. Which one? The guy that turned on Jesus and took the gold. The, the, the turncoat. Pontius Pilate? Pa- no, you, no you, Pilate's the, the, the guy that washed his hands of the whole thing. Oh, right. Uh, I thought you were talking in the context of Red Dawn. I was no. Thinking, oh, Judas. Jesus, Judas, Jesus Judas, Judas, Judas. So just Daryl Guy was Judas in this movie is all I was trying to right. say, <laughs> or whatever his name was. But <laughs> Judas Priest. Is Judas what Priest. Uh, <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Breaking the law. All right. Any of the uh, other thoughts? So none of us have seen the Hemsworth remake, right? I feel like we oh, ought yeah, to. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I've yeah. not seen I it. I liked it. I, I kind of want to now just to see what yeah, they did. Yeah. It, if, if you want to see what it would look like if someone was able to actually get the shots that was needed, that that would be the new one. Now, is it is it got great dialogue? No. Is it got great acting? It's okay. But the actually getting the full sense of what's going on, it feels like a much more complete. It's uh, a film very low it. score everywhere. Is that there are scores? Yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's yeah. just I think it's good. Um, let's see. And he play. I assume he plays the. Oh, is Jeffrey yeah, Dean Jeffrey Dean Morgan is the fallen soldier guy that they find instead right, of Powers right? Booth. They got some great actors. Got uh, him and um, oh, what is the kid and his his brother jo- Josh Hutcherson? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, he he lost a lot of weight for this. Adrian Palicki's in this. So she's one of the girls. Oh, really? Yeah, I like Adrian Palicki. I do too, mm-hmm. a lot. She's awesome. Um, let's see. Is there I any? Enjoy. You still haven't watched, and you still haven't watched much of the Orville, have you, Scott? Uh, I have seen. Oh, all of season one. You haven't watched season two. I've watched all of episode one of the Orville. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew it was something. It was all you've, you've caught up on Discovery, but not on Orville. Yeah, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I just just do it. I know. I got. Do you still have it. CBS All Access? No, but I can get it. And then we have friends. It's all good. I could get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not worried about that so much. Anyway, we should watch that just because let's a if it's as shitty as everyone says it is or not, and b. Mm-hmm. Red Dawn, um, Red Dawn the remake. Yeah, read the Red Dawn the yeah. remake, and then just you know, let's just see if it's. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of overacting. Anytime you have this content, this subject, this subject matter is, yeah, it's this uh, it's gonna be fodder for fun. Yeah, right? who's this kid? That's not Josh Hutcherson. There's some people in here I recognize that I don't, I don't know who they are. Anyway, I would, I would watch this for the show, if we ever uh, can find it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, and people say it's a parody at best. Oh, these reviews are brutal, dude. Yeah, it's Perfect. well, I think people who are I think I think it suffer from like remake expectations. I think people didn't realize in 2012 how bad the 1984 movie might have been. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, it's mm, I don't know. It's I not fun. I yes. I I mean I really I'm willing to admit this for a movie that I consider to be one of my favorite 80s movies. It's not great. It has no. big problems. I just think that there's something there that could be done right. So let's maybe try it again. Randy's idea of an HBO series or something is a good one. That is a great idea. So yeah. get in there, make that happen. All right, we yeah, got. I think I think you I think you said it pretty good at the top of the show, Scott. I mean, it, it meant something to us, but it'd be hard to sell this exact idea to kids today, even though they do know also that fear of you know having to go to war, especially yeah. if it's on I, your own it front was, door. It was definitely unique thing like the cold war in the 80s was absolutely unique right. pastiche to work with for movies 
So we still the director, the director John uh, Milius, he also did. Uh, he he wrote the story uh, for Homefront, uh, the, video the video game. game. Really? Yeah, the video game. Oh. So I I thought whenever I was playing Homefront that it, it had that Red Dawn kind of vibe to That's it. That's the whole does. thing with Homefront. It's an invasion. Yeah. It's an invasion in America. Soil again. That's the same idea. That's interesting. That's actually the best so part of that like, game. It doesn't play great, but the story's really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, that's the best way to bring it into a modern society. <laughs> that's the best way to use that guy. His stories are right. great. His execution Sorry. is terrible. <laughs> terrible crap. Yep. Um, all right. Let's do some clips. I don't have a ton, but I have enough. And cool. they begin with this one. Oh, we already heard it, but I'll play it again. You're such a goddamn jock. This is the beginning of the thing. Mm. Ah, teenagers working out there. He is. Class structure issues. Uh, here's a great line. It's very important stuff happening here. This is Swayze talking to, I don't know, one of the kids. Here you go. We can fish. We can stay up here a long, long time. Okay? How long, Jet? Until we don't hear that no more. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. That's a lot of boring dialogue in this movie. I had to spruce it up a little. It did drum it up a little bit. Perfect. Here's uh, Stanton, who's been dead for what, like a year now? That guy? He's great, man. He's the best actor in the movie, except for when he yelled, Avenge Me. That's that's (laughs) part of his acting. But I totally bought his whole dad thing and talking through the fence, and that stuff was good. Their reaction was kind of bad. You totally believed that he was talking through a fence. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> it was almost like there was a real fence there. It's so weird. <laughs> Here's him yelling his dumb line. Boys! Avenge me! Avenge me! Come on, dude. <laughs> That's my favorite. You're hanging on the drive-in. You're fine. You're yeah. getting to watch movies for free. Yep. That's right. I, I think he ad- I think he ad-libbed that part. I think so. Yeah, I think I think he was like he had read the dialogue, and I think he was supposed to walk off, and he's like, "Let's just see if I can get an extra scene in here." Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, here's Let me Marty's. Explore this a little bit. Let yeah. me play with this. Uh, give me a chance here. Yeah, here's Marty's mom going after Charlie Sheen. All right, so here you go. Don't you make yourself useful? You wash it. You're never doing your washing again. Me and her is as good as any of you. So what's up your ass? Shut up. She's freaking, don't mess with her, dude. Damn, you mean to tell you what's up my butt? We've been pooping in the woods for a month. I got sticks all up in there. Something must be up her ass to be that upset about yeah. getting accused of something up your ass. Scary part is that Charlie Sheen would re- actually, the, these days, would really like to know what's up your ass. He would like to know. <laughs> yes, Brian? It was up your ass, and can I get some? Can I get some of that? Yeah. It was straight up angry acting, Yeah, but it was good. Yeah. I liked it. She's good. Yeah. I think she's one of the stronger points in the movie. Yeah. She's very yeah. good. Um, here's this isolated. So what's up your ass? I just use that whenever I feel like it. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Here's that famous line. Wolverines! Wolverines yelling that. Seems Man, like... they were tagging that everywhere. Yeah. They were into it. Like, I feel... uh, <laughs> with like the graffiti style, like, you know, the yeah. weird little zigzaggy on the E's and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. wow, these, these kids uh, for... For you know, out in the mountains, boonies, uh, uh, they know the urban street tagging look, yeah, right. So, did you guys know the context? Because a lot of people, not a lot of people, a lot of people in my circles mm. during the 80s, we would often that would be your battle cry if you were just to do something crazy. So, did did you guys ever hear anybody say that? that oh, not seeing the movie, did no, you, did you know the context? Yeah, like, did you know the context yeah. by which? No, okay, 
Because no, we we're growing up, hold my beer. We do the, <laughs> we do that all the time. Like somebody, dumb friend, yeah. would jump off the overpass or into some trees yeah. or something, and he'd yell Wolverine before he did it. Yeah, huh. that was just a thing. I mean, that movie. I don't know. Maybe it was more. It feels like if people saw it, then they saw it a lot. And if you didn't right. see it, you just didn't. I don't yeah. know. There was no yeah, one. There's like uh, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. watched that mm-hmm. movie many, yeah. many times. Yeah. Or not yeah. That one, that one's weird because it still works. Like you can show it to your fifteen-year-old yeah, now, and true. they're like, they totally relate to it. It's crazy. Um, all right, here's uh, some yelling time. So enjoy this. Shoot him! What is this thing? What is it? Who's coming after us? Where are they? <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! There's so much angry acting there. Wow. Yeah. I'd be, Why am I'd I be, yelling? <laughs> I'd be, I'd be giving up all the information right about then. Uh, what yeah. do you want to know? Yeah. Was it the other? Was it the Russian guy? That's who yeah, they're yelling at. Okay, they captured the. Yeah, and he or does, the Cuban. He does his or thing where he pisses them off to tell they're about to shoot him, and then he sits up straight and starts rattling off his freaking. Uh, yeah, we already know your name. Yeah, oh, we don't care about your name. Your name rank and serial number. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which was kind of like the the prisoners in front of the firing squad all singing oh. some. Patriotic song. Oh, the yeah. worst the version of America the Beautiful it, I've ever heard in my life. And the, yeah, because the guy who starts it starts it too high. Yeah. You yeah, start yeah. it so high that no one can get to the register when the song goes higher. Like, come on, man. Yeah, we should probably learn, clear it. We should clear sing. up a misconception. We got a bunch of stuff on Twitter last night saying that uh, Henry Dean Stanton's character was the chick in the bucket. Harry. Um, Harry, sorry. I say Henry. <laughs> Uh, Harry Dean Stanton was the chick in the bucket, but he actually wasn't. He yeah. he was shot at the at that singing. Yeah, he just yeah. wasn't singing. Yeah. He he and, right. and he people on the standing internet. there like I don't know the words to this song. Avenge me! <laughs> avenge me! The avenge me! It's <laughs> the only words he knows. Poor guy. <laughs> All right, here's Swayze making a bird noise. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. Was, at that. Yeah, I wanted him to use that noise to call for other things yeah yeah i agree like a grubhub or something <laughs> yeah exactly uh, scott was you need to just keep playing it as a call grubhub call it call his mom every sunday hey we need uber so that was <laughs> what what, what i think bro? that was one of the most unbelievable scenes to me that they were they were so smart and everything they did but then some vegetables fall off the back of the truck and they're like looks right let's go yeah yeah i mean as soon as i saw it i went you guys, it's a trap, really? you dipshits. Mm-hmm. But I get it. Maybe hunger makes you do stupid things, and it had to happen to, you know, I don't know. It was just a little bit annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that helicopter. It was a lot bit annoying. That helicopter yeah. is crazy, man. That thing was nuts. Yeah. Looking. It looked good, too. Yeah. Scary. It was a, I expected a freaking airwolf theme to kick in. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, when they get attacked by helicopters, so this is 1984, uh, they, they would have been only operating at night. Mm. that's a that's a thing like this gorilla right. band of teenagers would have only been operating at night and that way they could not get ambushed that you know or at least if they got ambushed it would be really freaking amazing that someone figured out where they were in darkness right and it's just it's just dumb like what why are they why are they working during the day they yeah, should know better sure. yeah <laughs> dumb is the word that i would use here's um okay here's a question did they did this movie or did Empire Strikes Back say this better? Here you go. I love you, Maddie. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give it to Star Wars, I think. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how about this? Oh, I wrote, okay, this is 17 seconds long. I wrote, 
this still kind of works for me, but I don't remember what it is. So let's see if it truly does work for me. Here we go. In the early days of World War III, gorillas, mostly children, placed the names of their lost upon this rock. They fought here alone and gave up their lives so that this nation shall not perish I from think, the earth. I think it's because I think she's just really good in this. I think that works mm-hmm. for me still. Like what, it, did they put Daryl's name times? on there because he swallowed that uh, the bug that uh, led them? <laughs> I don't know. Not what did they Darryl's do Daryl? Yeah, Daryl's not going to be on this. And I'm not Another carving way. his name in this rock either, you guys. He's a dick. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you when you're giving a presentation, don't put the words you're saying on the screen? <laughs> Why would you just read to me what I can read for myself? Yeah, but I, she was good at narrating that. That was good. No, no, no. no. I liked it. It's horrible. I liked it. It was fine. It's not the best thing, but there's she's just good in this. I think she deserves some credit because I think she's a little one note in almost everything else she does. Uh, in this, I think she's got range. So yeah. there you go. Of course, I'm not. I, here's all I know of her career. Okay, this is sad. I know this. I know Back to the Future, Back to the Future. Back to the and then Caroline in the City. Howard the Duck and Caroline in the City. Those are it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's the run. And she's very funny to follow on Twitter, by the way. She's a good follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. This is a great tweet of her uh, with um, with Biff. Oh, like, like oh, a year right. ago, a few months ago, where the two of them are yeah hanging like, out. Hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I expected uh, <laughs> what's his name to pull him away and get your damn hands off her or something. <laughs> Finish it up. Yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his Crispin, name. Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Get your damn hands off my wife. You think I really ought to swear? Did you ever see, did you ever see was it Willard or something like that? One where he was in when yes. he was like the rat? Oh, yeah, I never it was saw like the, that. The Ben mm. or Willard, right. That's another yeah. class, you know, another one that's perfect. Have you guys seen Reuben and Ed before? You ever seen Reuben and Ed? Mm-mm. Okay, so no, but, that's uh, him. River's and, Edge is one that we need. Yeah, that one's also really good. But Reuben and Ed, let me tell you a quick thing here. So Reuben and Ed is him. And Howard, oh, I forgot his name. He was on, uh, 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 he was Johnny Fever. Um, oh, Howard Hessman. Hessman. Yeah. So Howard Hessman and, and Crispin Glover, which sounds like a crazy combo anyway, <laughs> are on a road trip in the Utah desert trying to find a place to bury his cat. Oh, it is Reuben and What's Ed is a, Ruben and Ed. It's uh, it's an awesome, weird freaking movie. And it's a, it's folklore here because it's a local filmmaker and everyone just worships this dude. And it's the weirdest freaking movie. I feel like I've seen this. It should totally see it if you haven't. Crispin Glover feels like he's exactly like you think he'd be in real life. Yeah. 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 Just as and just we just saw him in something. Much. What did I just see him in? Is it a TV show? Let's see here. Oh, yeah, American Gods. That's right. In season two of American Gods. Oh, what's his deal in there? Who's he? He's the big bad. He's Mr. World. Oh. Oh, all right. Too bad that and, season's uh, so dumb. Exactly. Yes. I I don't even know if I'd say it's worth seeing it just for him. Because he I'd is. I'd watch Good Omens instead. Because he is yeah. cool looking now. Right? Like He, he is. is a cool yeah, yeah. looking dude. He's yeah. He's held up. But I feel like, yeah, he's he's just as nuts in real life as all the characters he plays. That dude's pushing 60, and he just looks cool. Anyway. I, I, I'm sad that we got through clips without some good uh, Spanish-Russian. Yeah, I didn't do any the of that. Spanish-Russian in this movie was what really stood out to me. And again, I haven't seen it a bunch of times like you have. Right. But man, every time, every time someone was trying to speak Russian with a Spanish accent or trying to speak Spanish with a 
I don't know what kind of accent. I was just yeah. enthralled. Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird, some weird combos going on there. Do they? There's some stuff like, uh, like I was wondering if there were like direct translations. I, I was curious about that. I'm sure somebody knows a lot better than than we do. But like when when they're, when they're firing squad, we say firing squad, but would they say fuego? Because that means oh, fire. Right. But I don't think they would it say right. They it say doesn't fire. Mean... It's it a doesn't mean translation. pull the trigger. It means uh, right. flame. It like means hot. It doesn't fire. mean it's hot. Like you yeah. go, ooh, this this egg is so, fuego. Like it's a hot egg. I wasn't. Well, yeah. and the, that particular actor was saying fuego. Like he was a English speaker right. who was right. trying to perform a word. Put them I, in front of the fuegoing squad. <laughs> I I turned on subtitles and I did it pretty early because I can't understand Patrick Swayze. Yeah, uh, he just. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, his accent is the weirdest muddled thing. I I have never understood. Is that across the board? Get... You can't watch like you know, um, I don't know, dirty dancing, dirty dancing or something. Or something. Right. Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, you, you watch, you, you you learn to understand him, but it's just it's just a strange accent. Like I I'm looking here. It says he's from Houston, Texas. I, his accent isn't. I don't mm. know where it's from. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sexy, sexy man. With a weird forehead. Listen, you want to get out of here? You can get out of here. We don't need you. Go on. Get out of here. That's pretty good. That's a little McConaughey, but that's good. A little McConaughey, yeah. Which I think is from the same area, isn't he? Some, <laughs> something like that. I think he's Louisiana or something, isn't he? I thought he was isn't a he, Texas uh, boy. Do I have that wrong? Maybe he's Texas. He could be Texas. I felt like you were just doing a scene where a kid <laughs> has to run off his dog to save the dog. <laughs> right, like old yeller. And, that is what yeah, I was doing. And, Patrick Swayze, an old yeller. Oh my gosh. For me, the kid having to run off the dog for its own good is the saddest thing that you could ever commit yeah. to film. It is sad. Go Nobody, on. No one Get wants to tell their dog, oh, I hate that. They did it in Game of Thrones, even. They had, uh, Arya's uh, uh, wolf had to get kicked out. She had to yell at it. And, oh, I hate that. Don't yell at your own animal. Keep them. Dogs don't understand. No. What? My owner doesn't love me anymore? I think all they think is food, 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 food. <laughs> oh, there must be food that way. There must be food. I'm going to go get food. Why are you yelling at me? Okay, food. <laughs> all right. Uh, the, the, hey, look where we are now. It's the film sack checklist. Russians are dumb. Check. Uh, who's going to pay for all the rocks you carved your name into? Check. It's not really a check, but it's more of a question. And then finally, never-ending bag of mystery ammo and rockets available anytime you need it. Check. Uh, Star Trek Connection, we got one. Uh, Roy Jensen played Mr. Morris in TOS, the original series, played Cloud Williams in the episode The Omega Glory. Uh, this is that 4th of July one. Do yeah. oh, you, you remember Omega that one where they, he reads the Constitution to Kirk? You remember that? That's the thing. It's not good. It's very bad and not very memorable. Uh, soundtrack great. I give it a PG for pretty good for the time, especially with the orchestrated stuff. I thought that stuff worked pretty good. They got a little synthy in the middle, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that was about. Synthy in the middle. Tune in for uh, TMS Monday for yep. Synthy in the Middle. Synthy in the middle. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like Basil Polidurus is, uh, I realize now, just kind of does the same thing in every movie. Yeah. I feel, like, I, I feel like this is sort of uh, more of the same as he did in other things. Like we saw, we, we saw Basil Polidurus movies like RoboCop, Conan, Starship Troopers. They all just kind of have the same score. Yeah. Well, he's been around for a while. Look at that guy's career. Yeah. Huh. It's pretty boilerplate, <laughs> but it it, it huh. worked. It was fine. 
Uh, uh, oh, looky here, the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. The tradition says we must start with Randy. Randy, take Red, it away. Red Dawn, a Freddie Mercury lookalike, comes to town <laughs> and starts threatening people, and all the kids all just leave because they hate that Brit pop rock crap. And one of two submit reply they hate it so much that they can't even live here anymore with your stupid rules and your death squads uh i'm just gonna go live in the woods with my friends no you shut up two of two <laughs> so, good job not, not what i expected not at all uh the dunaway red dawn hey don't cry let it turn to something else just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> nice. You got one wow. in. Well done. Uh, Brian Ibbett. Red Dawn. I watched this movie for you. For you, film sack listeners. Stop your crying. Avenge me. Avenge me. <laughs> Just like a Saturday night at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Randy, you've been usurped. Wow. You've been usurped. No, I've been tributed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right, exactly. One Homaged. Man's, one man's usurpage is You've another You've been homaged. Here's, uh, here's this then. Just been handed these alternate titles. It was almost called Dirty Grenade Dancing. Mm. <laughs> or That Time Marty's Mom Was Hot for Curly Bill. <laughs> wow. It's a little that's wordy. A to, it's a little to, wordy. Yeah. But, you know, you can see why they didn't go with it. I can tell you this, though. Emails are fun. I got two of them. These are from listeners. Uh, this first one here is from Michael, who says this. I just listened to the Olympus Has Fallen episode, and I had to email. Since it appears Brian wasn't paying any attention as he didn't realize Charles Manson is in it, I wanted him to know. Oh, he's talking about the, uh, sorry. Yeah, the trailer for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, so he must be calling you. I was thinking it was Dunaway, but he's calling you out. No, he's calling me out. Um, he says, I wanted him to know this. The Asian guy doing Kung Fu is supposed to be Bruce Lee. Anyway. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Listen, yeah. you watch that trailer and the first five minutes of the, the first five minutes of the trailer, not really, it's not really five minutes long, is them talking about doing stunts and how Leonardo DiCaprio is the movie star and that, that, uh, uh, Brad Pitt is a stunt guy. And then they do this like big flash, 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 flash of, of all these other things. And they end with DiCaprio like, Oh, that's the best compliment i've ever gotten on my acting in the middle of those little micro flashes is a charles manson thing i i can be forgiven for missing that little flash of charles manson i have to agree with you didn't watch the trailer breakdown you know what i only know this here's the thing had i had i only seen the trailer Mm -hmm. i would i I would be exactly where you're at if i hadn't seen here's the here's the only reason i knew any of this is like two years ago when the project was announced and it was rumored who was going to be in it it -hmm. says and it's rumored to take place uh, during the Sharon Tate murders and deal with uh, the—that's the only reason I even knew. Exactly. So exactly. So that. So yeah. Michael. Brian wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm. I'm taking the. I'm taking the emailer side. Yeah. <laughs> <if> it... <laughs> I'll take it from you, Dunaway. Yeah. That's right. Your uh, email. Uh, email. Give me this guy's email address. I'm gonna email him right now. <laughs> Dun- Dunham, so that's Team Dunhamail or Dunham. Yeah, Dunhamail. I like Dunham that. Yeah. Team Dunhamail. Team mail away. Team away. Yeah, Team Mail away. I like it. All right. Here's one more from Chris who wrote in, says, hello, Scott, Brian, Brian, and Randy. I have Chris. been a listener for many years, and I have listened to the first episode all the way through twice. 
You guys are a joy to listen to and often make me laugh out loud at my desk. Many curious looks from my coworkers. After listening to the latest one about Olympus Has Fallen, you mentioned that you will be viewing the next one on Amazon Prime. That would be today. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting patiently for the worst movie ever to appear on Netflix to no avail. My wife recently got us Amazon Prime, and I was overjoyed to see it there. So now I can finally ask you to sack it. Uh, movie in question is Leviathan from 1989. Oh, yeah. Starring uh, and loosely used Peter Weller, Richard Crenna, and Amanda Pays. Right. I like Peter Weller. Opera for Murphy. Uh, it says, <laughs> my wife and I use this pile of crap as the measurement of how bad a movie can be. I would really like to hear what you guys have to say about it. Spark Pug received uh, regards, Chris. Uh, sure. Why isn't Leviathan should always be on our list. It probably Absolutely. is. It's probably mm-hmm. on there. Right, yeah. Randy? It's probably and in just there. A, just a reminder, uh, we have a Discord and a channel devoted to you suggesting movies to us. Correct. This is all true. Truth has been spoken uh, this day. So thank you, Chris. And uh, thank you, Michael, for sending your emails in. The email address you can send your emails to is filmsack at gmail.com. That's filmsack at gmail.com. Uh, real quick note, uh, PSA. Next week, there is no show uh, per se, not like the normal one like we're having now. But we will have there's a, a show, there's, just not this kind of show. Yeah, it'll be a watch along of uh, Star Trek they TNG. Don't even know any of this. Right. Yeah, I don't know why show I'm talking about any of this. Normally, well, back, originally I was just going to be gone and there was no show, but now we're going to have like a supplemental thing. So forget what I said. There's a show next week. We're going <laughs> to we're going to bring you a live sacking of stop a, panicking of a Make TNG sure not episode. To turn off your feeds to to right. still collect uh, episodes. Yeah, <laughs> there'll still worst. be an episode next week. Do not put it on pause. Uh, and that'll be, like I said, a TNG episode. Uh, those are always fun, so you guys can watch along with us. And yeah. the week after that, the movie is House, right? Oh, yes, yeah. with yes. William Cat and George but Lent. what year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the old the one, 1980 dude. 1980-whatever, 1983 House, I believe it is. Yeah. Not I've the... been, this is one I've been wanting to have on FilmSack for a long time. And right. it is an Amazon Prime, unfortunately, but it's... it's a mystery. And and you have to look through. So 1985, look for the movie poster on Amazon Prime with the disembodied hand pushing a doorbell. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Um, Tower, remember it the most. I don't wait, know. is George Went in this? Wait. Yeah. Yep. Norm. Yep. Norm's and in Richard it. Mull. So you got Bull, Norm, yeah. and uh, Mr. Hinckley from Greatest American Hero. That's fantastic. <gasps> William Cat. Yeah. Isn't he yes. the Greatest American Hero? Yeah, that's the guy. He's the Greatest American Hero. Yeah. And this is a, this changed is a... his name to Mr. Huntley or Hunley when uh, oh, when right. John Hinckley shot at Reagan. Ah. Yeah. But then they went back and changed it again. Then they went back and yeah, made it Hinkley again. Eighties were weird, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, and I never saw it, but I saw that I saw that ta- that tape in the blockbuster every week. I just was always yeah, there, yeah. and I was I don't always. Think I've never seen this either. I'm very excited. This is I, like, the only wow. time I've seen it is in the theaters, and uh, I just remember uh, another audience member talking out loud during the theater during during a, a a scene in the movie. Not even a pivotal scene in the movie, but it'll make sense once you see it. Where where somebody guy says, or I'm sorry, where the guy in the audience says. Yeah, body's still warm. <laughs> Sweet. And that's all you need to, to think okay. about while you're watching this film. I'm, I'm, I'm even, even Wikipedia doesn't know what to do because it's like House, 1986 film, and then House IMDb is like 1985, and it's like, yeah. And then House is a TV it. show on Fox with what's his name? Like, yeah, House right, is a, right. Turns out yeah, House no, is a common word, you know? It's used yeah. a lot. Amazing. Yeah, weird. Uh, but we'll see it and we'll love it, I'm sure, for all the goodness it will give now, us. Now, is this on Prime, you said? Or it is, on, it is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. That's all right, though. Everybody's right. got Prime. We're fine. 
Everybody, no, everybody Brent doesn't Dunaway. have Prime. Well, I don't have Prime. A lot of people have Prime. Dunaway has a has a giant bin of DVDs he bought that he just can dig through and go, oh, here's that one on House I never watched. So he watch it. Because <laughs> that's how you live, man. Now, you it always... worked out for me this past week because I was using use the stars. So let's just see whether the, where House is on Just Watch. That's where I usually go, justwatch.com. Mm. And then I t- try to look at what streaming services have it. Let's see. I may be buying this one. I have enough time to get it in. Or just rent it. I don't want to buy it. Or rent that. Yeah, you I don't would. know what I want. <laughs> 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 and you won't get it shipped to you very quick because you don't have Amazon Prime. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to. I actually have. I actually have a secondary Amazon Prime where I am a I am a person who gets the free shipping but not the video stuff. Oh. So if I get the full Prime, I have to pay for the whole thing. I don't really see the benefit of paying the you know eighty nine dollars per year just to watch video stuff well they have good really, omens is the reason good omens uh, is good all of the they have great original programs and the high castle yep awesome uh, the patriot flavor. fantastic goliath at least season one mm-hmm. really oh good. yeah uh, bosh bosh is great bosh is mm-hmm. awesome they have great I mean, original content like a thousand reasons to get it yeah brian they're they are right like in terms of like you might as well be saying oh and you, uh, you might as well be saying you might as well be saying words like it's got chocolate cake and it's got lemon meringue pie because none of those shows me nothing because i haven't watched any of them <laughs> and and you'll get your anchor recharging your batteries and your anchor cables uh in two days yeah i already do that now i told you i get the shipping part already oh, yeah, that's, oh, true. that's, that's true that's true Right. Well, now you won't feel guilty about it because it won't be on somebody else's. Gee, I, I hardly have anything to watch now. What with <laughs> the Netflix and the Hulu and the and everything else I have. Geez, yeah. I hope I yeah. I'm just I'm struggling to it? find something to watch. It's rough, man. We understand. We feel you. We feel you. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for the show. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week. Filmsack.com is the website. You can go there and get everything you need. Filmsack at gmail.com again is that email address, and you can follow us on Twitter at Filmsack. That's gonna do it for us. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Das wird Anja. We'll see you next time. There you go. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.